I dreamed of traveling the long road, singing my songs to that distant stranger. Yes, I know it's sad for you, but it's something I got to do. And I will be coming home, back to the mountains, back to being free from all there is to be. Coming home to live and the life I once knew. Hello, everyone. And welcome to Bedtime Bible Boys with Brock, Trey, and Theron TJ. Thanks Thanks for for listening. We love you, Mom. And you too, Gail. We are continuing the reading through the book of Daniel tonight in Daniel chapter 3. Daniel chapter 2 in our last recording, we learned about King Nebuchadnezzar's dream and the statue with the head of what, Trey? Gold. And the arms of what, Brock? Silver. Thighs of? Bronze. Sorry. The stomach of bronze. The... Legs of iron. The legs or thighs of iron, and then the feet of iron and clay. That's right. Good job. We learned about what nations those represented, and that that prophecy was foretold by Daniel, and it came true. And also that Daniel received high favor with Nebuchadnezzar because of it, and was put in a high position, and that for a moment Nebuchadnezzar's heart was turned to the true and living God. Correct? Mm-hmm. Do you think King Nebuchadnezzar's heart is going to stay that way? Maybe, maybe not. I mean, no. That, that's a safe answer. No? <laughs> okay. What do you think, Trey? Probably not. Probably not, because as we said earlier, he's a relatively evil person. The impressive part is his heart is open to the Lord, but his response to the Lord, his repentance from a life of serving himself, is short-lived. We're going to see an example of that here. So let's continue in chapter 3, verse 1. King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold 90 feet high and 90 feet wide and set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. He then summoned the satraps, prefects, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the other provincial officials to come to the dedication of the image he had set up. Basically all the important people, right? So the satraps, prefects, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the other provincial officials assembled for the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up, and they stood before it. Then the herald loudly proclaimed, This is what you are commanded to do, O peoples, nations, and men of every language. As soon as you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes, and all kinds of music, you must fall down and worship the image of gold, image of gold, that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Verse 6. Whoever does not fall down and worship will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. 
Let's just unpack this a little bit. So he creates this statue. It's a statue of gold. And King Nebuchadnezzar wants them to worship it. So who do you think King Nebuchadnezzar had in mind when he made the golden statue? Himself. That's right. Because what did David tell him that the head of gold was in his dream? Nebuchadnezzar's. That's right, Nebuchadnezzar. So Nebuchadnezzar is basically setting up himself as the centralized figure to worship among all these people that he's bringing in from the provinces and the judges around and the different elected or uh, the different officials around. He's bringing them all around to have one central place where they're going to worship and the image they're going to worship represents him. Well, what did David tell us about the image? David didn't tell... Sorry, I've been doing that. What did Daniel... (laughs) What did Daniel tell us about the statue? Not this statue, but about the statue that Nebuchadnezzar dreamed of. It had four kingdoms. And that ultimately it was going to be... Destroyed. Destroyed, that's right. And it was going to be destroyed by the eternal living kingdom kingdom of God, right? So what do you think King Nebuchadnezzar was trying to do by making a statue that was all gold from head to toe? He wanted him to all. That's right. That's right. He, somewhere along the line, got the idea... He forgot about this powerful thing that Daniel had prophesied into his life. Very powerful prophecy. It was his dream. And Daniel told him what his dream was. Right? He just used it as a way to honor himself. Yes, that's right. He used it as a way of honoring himself. And somehow he forgot about that power he felt in that moment. And remember when he fell prostrate to the ground and basically declared that Daniel's God is the God of all gods? He forgot about that moment. And what did he do? He wanted to worship himself. Because what does the flesh do? It wants you to worship yourself. Why? Because your flesh is not controlled by the Spirit of God. Your flesh is controlled by a spirit of sin. Right? Sin, because we were born into this flesh, which was dead. And that is why King Nebuchadnezzar and nobody else can live off of one experience. It doesn't matter how powerful it is. You could probably see somebody raised from the dead. But if that was your only experience, you're not going to grow in your faith. Faith needs to be fed. Faith comes through... Listening? Hearing. That's right. Faith comes through hearing. You know what that means? It means you need to hear the Word of God. That will develop your faith. It doesn't say faith comes through miracles. It doesn't say faith comes when somebody will tell you what your dream was and prophesy to you exactly what's going to happen in your life. It doesn't say that faith comes because you're going to see somebody be raised from the dead. It says faith comes through hearing. That means whatever you're hearing, you're going to put that into your head. King Nebuchadnezzar had many people in his ear. One of them was Daniel. 
And no matter what, I'm sure Daniel was telling him, no, we need to honor the true and living God with our decision-making if we want to be prosperous. But he had probably, we'll just say 20 other people advising him. And those other 20 other people, they were just interested in themselves. And so they were probably telling the king, oh, great king, you are God. You are the king of all kings. We need to honor and worship you. Why would they say that? Because the king wants to hear that. They would appeal to his flesh and he would like them. So he's got 20 advisors telling him, worship yourself. And he's got one advisor telling him, worship God. So what is he hearing mostly? To worship himself. That's right. And because he's hearing that mostly, what is he growing faith in? Worshiping himself. That's right. That's absolutely right. So he was actually setting up a golden image thinking in his mind that if he did this, he could change the prophecy that God had given Daniel about the statue. He said, you know what? Forget that. I'll make it gold from head to toe. This is King Nebuchadnezzar's world. I'm the king of kings and my kingdom is going to last forever. And I'm going to make a statue that's so strong that nothing, no mountain or no stone could break it apart because it doesn't have feet of clay. Not going to work because who's ultimately in control? God. God. King Nebuchadnezzar was put into his position of leadership by God and he can be removed from it by God. And by God, God does. He does remove him from it. And we're going to see exactly how and it's a powerful story later on. But the focus for tonight is this. It's exactly what we talked about. This is one man's obsession with himself. And it's an obsession with listening to other people develop hedonism, whatever whatever feels good to me, develop hedonism into him through hearing them talk about him. Does this make sense? And eventually he developed strong faith in that and he does this act and he thinks that he's going to centralize power to himself by getting everybody to fall down and worship his image and that whoever does not fall down and worship will be immediately thrown into the blazing furnace. I have a little note here that I wrote in my Bible says, what would I have done? What would you have done, Brock? Not have worshipped. That's good. What would you have done, Trey? Same thing. That's good. I'll say this. Five years ago, if somebody would ask me this question, and I'm being 100% honest, I would have said, I would have fallen down. Not, I wouldn't have thought to myself, I'm going to fall down because I don't believe in the true and living God. I would have told myself that God will forgive me but I'm going to try and save my life. And do you see that? Like you can just fall down and not mean it? Yeah. Yes. Or yeah, fall down, not mean it, and just ask for forgiveness later. That would have been the way I thought. And I can't promise that right now I wouldn't think the same, but I don't think I would. I think I, I agree with you guys. I think I would refuse. You're going to have to push me down. You're going to have to knock me down, but I'm not going to bow to that God or to that image. But understand this, I, earlier in my life, I don't know if I would have, because, listen to this, this is important, the same thought that Nebuchadnezzar had 
I'm not going to lose my kingdom. I'll build an image and I'll do it myself. Think of that key phrase, I'll do it myself. The thought that would have ran through my head is, I'll just fall down and I'll save my life and not mean it. And I'll ask God for forgiveness later. So in effect, when it comes to me being saved from death, I'll do it myself. See, that's not good. Because the Lord said, Be still. I will fight this battle for you. The Lord does not want us to live a life consumed with how we are going to save ourselves. Do you understand that? The whole point of the word is it's God telling us how he's going to deliver us. How he's going to save us. Ultimately, how he's going to save us, right? Through Jesus Christ. So, I would have, I am suffering in the flesh of the same thought that King Nebuchadnezzar this many years ago, 2,000 years ago, would have been struggling with, which was something, a challenging situation was put in front of me. For Nebuchadnezzar, it was through a prophetic dream. How can I take care and make sure this doesn't happen? And in the same way, I'd be, I five years ago, would be thinking to myself, how can I deliver myself from the fiery furnace? And of course, we'll get into the story of this and we know how the young Hebrew boys do it. But I think I've matured into that place. We're probably not going to get told that if we bow down to an image, if we don't, we're going to get thrown into a fiery furnace. But you know what could happen? All your friends want you to go somewhere and you know that it's a place where ungodly things happen, bad things happen. You can have a choice. This will happen in your life. You're going to have a choice. Am I going to go with them and make all my friends happy and go outside the light of God, the light he has planned for my life? Or am I going to disappoint all my friends and follow the light that the Lord has chosen for me? It sounds like an easy decision, but it's not. You need to prepare your heart for these decisions before they happen in life because they are going to happen. There's going to be moments when you, when a situation comes up in your life where you're going to have to choose. Am I going to do what the Lord wants me to do? Or am I going to do what my flesh and other people want me to do? You may be, not be talking about life or death, but you may lose friends. People may laugh at you. Are you willing to stand up when they ask you to bow down? Are you willing to stand up? I am. You boys willing? Yes. All right. That hasn't always been my response, but that's because I didn't think that hard about all these things. All right? I didn't consider the... F I didn't realize how much my God loved me. And I didn't love him the way a son loves such a good father. But that's okay, right? Just be prepared for the next time. Remember how much he loves you. That he would never stop you from doing something that wasn't the ultimate best thing for you. He always has your best in mind. Your flesh doesn't and your friends or other people's flesh doesn't, but he does. So when he says that the tower is going to fall, 
and here's how it's gonna fall, and this is the tower, that's what it is. You can't get yourself out of that situation. I love you, boys. I love you too. You guys are good kids. <laughs>